Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. But let's go to the Western Hotline now because host of Locked On Falcons and their podcast over there. And joining me now is Aaron Freeman. Aaron, thanks so much for making time for us this morning, man. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. No, pleasure, pleasure. Listen, uh, I wanted to bring you on. Obviously, um, people have been talking a lot about the Falcons, and maybe not for all of the best reasons, right? This whole Julio Jones situation um, has sort of been front and center really since the draft. And I'm wondering, you know, overall, if you watch ESPN, and this isn't a knock at ESPN because, I'm, I, you know, there's a lot of great folks over at ESPN that I love listening to, NFL Live. There's this... I don't know, narrative that's, I don't want to say being created, but it's being talked about that, like, if the Falcons really are trying to go for it this year with Matt Ryan in kind of the twilight of his career, you just draft Kyle Pitts, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you're trying to trade Julio Jones. But, like, if you were to maybe push back on that narrative of, like, hey, maybe this just isn't in the Falcons' hands and this is more about Julio Jones wanting out than the Falcons wanting to move on, where do you sit in that? Because I think I think it's a really interesting conversation, but I'm just not sure that ESPN has the maybe the pulse of what the actual situation in Atlanta is, and I'd love to kind of hear it from you. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult question because you hear these sort of conflicting reports that Julio Jones has wanted out. You hear the various reports, and maybe not coincidentally, from people at ESPN that Julio went out because he heard through the grapevine that the Falcons were looking to move on from him. Um, so it, it's hard to sort of nail down what was the genesis of this, knowing you know Julio Jones, not necessarily on a, on a personal level, but on a professional level, knowing how committed he is to winning. I'm sure that these last couple of seasons in Atlanta where the team has struggled have not uh, been great for him. Uh, you hear the various reports about how the last contract negotiation that he had with the extension he got in 2019 sort of caused a souring between him and the previous management of the Falcons. And and maybe that wasn't helped by the new regime taken over by new general manager, Terry Fontenot, you know, potentially looking to shop him and move him and sort of maybe that exacerbated the situation. So it's hard to sort of pin down what the exact origin of this sort of um, split between Julio Jones and the organization uh, was, but certainly we're at a point where it, it does feel like this team and the player are headed 
towards a divorce, and it's probably not going to be an amicable split for them. Yeah, and, and obviously the, the date I think everyone's been looking at is June 1st because that way they're able to sort of split the dead cap hit that will ultimately be on this team, who, by the way, is pretty cap hit, um, at least right now and over the next couple of seasons. They're sort of, I don't want to say cap hell because every team can find ways to become a little bit better under the cap, and a lot of people have been talking about, well, hey, if you're trying to move Julio Jones in order to create a little bit more cap space for yourself now and into the future, why not just restructure, you know, um, uh, 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 I'm trying to think, of who's the defensive tackle that everyone's talking about? Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett, yes. Um, so everyone say, you, know, you could just restructure this player or this player and make room or make that salary cap space that you're looking to make by, by moving Julio Jones. I guess the question becomes... If from an outsider looking in, Aaron, how strapped are the Falcons right now and kind of in the outlook of the next two years, knowing that the salary cap ceiling is going to take a pretty big jump to $220 million next year? Uh, how concerned are you that Terry Fontenot and, you know, I think Arthur Smith are inheriting something that might take a couple of years to really right the ship? Well, the, the main concern, obviously, because of COVID-19 and depressing of this year's salary cap is their main issue. Like, you know, the, the, the issue with the salary cap, and I'm maybe infamous for saying this, but I always say the salary cap is a lie. Right. And the Falcons aren't the only team in the sense that they're cash-strapped. But what becomes a problem for you is if you're cash-strapped and, and the cap is an issue when you're not winning games. And you, you see other teams around the league like the Saints and the Chiefs and the Steelers that similarly are in similar cap predicaments as the Falcons are without having a lot of cap room these last couple of years. But because they win – it doesn't. It isn't a problem, and when you're losing in, in the way that the Falcons yeah, right. have lost these last years, then it becomes a major issue. So, you know, I don't know if the salary cap is that big an obstacle, particularly in the future, if the Falcons get back to their winning ways uh, under new head coach Arthur Smith. If they can get back into the playoff hunt, then I don't think anybody's going to be looking at their salary cap situation as a major obstacle for them. Um, I think with the uh, expected swelling of the salary cap, Next year and in the future years, once the, TV, the new TV money kicks in, I think the Falcons will be fine from a salary cap standpoint. But, again, a lot of that depends on if they can actually win games. If they're losing games, then no one's going to care that they have, you know, $20 million or $30 million or whatever the case may be to spend. Um, and if they're winning games, no one's going to care that they only have 5 or, or $10 million to spend. So I, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, they say winning cures all ails. I think that's the same situation for the Falcons. I, I don't think their salary cap situation is dire, but certainly they're not going to be a team, you know, like some of these teams we've seen in recent years, where they're going to be able to go into the offseason with $30, $40 million in order to really improve their roster in major ways. That's, that's not something that's going to be on the horizon for them, given the uh, money that they have committed to Matt Ryan currently, and that doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon uh, because of the team's decision to pass on a quarterback. They're going to have to probably wind up paying Calvin Ridley, which I think is partially influencing the Julio sure. Jones situation where the Falcons were going to move on from him and they can't afford to necessarily pay two wide receivers top-end money. Uh, Grady Jarrett's entering the, you know, 2022 is the final year of his contract, so if they want to keep him around, uh, and they should because he's the best player on their defense, he, he's going to need to get paid. They have first-round picks from 2019 and Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry. And we know that the price tag of offensive linemen have gone up in yep. recent years, so they're going to have to pay those guys eventually. So 
the Falcons aren't going to be able to escape this salary cap nightmare, the salary cap hell, the salary cap purgatory, whatever you want to call it, anytime soon. But if they're winning games, I don't think it ultimately matters. Aaron Freeman here. He's the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, joining us on the Wester Hotline. We're talking a little Julio Jones. We're talking the 2021 Falcons uh, sort of outlook with or without Julio Jones. And one of the things, uh, you know, you, you start to think about, and one of the things I would say I'm, I'm just as a fan of the NFL, I'm excited about, I really like the fit with Arthur Smith. Smith coming over from Tennessee, particularly seeing what he was able to do to turn around Ryan Tannehill's career from a guy that maybe was, you know, I mean, he was he was picked up in Tennessee to be the backup to Marcus Mariota. He ends up stepping in, and now he's a damn near an all-pro player. And, you know, I think for me, as a guy that watches the quarterback position pretty closely, I think if you're looking at one quarterback this year, especially from a fantasy perspective, to take a notable step back, I think I think the candidate for that is, is, is Ryan Tannehill. And I'm wondering what you think the infusion of a new offensive coordinator, and we know that Matt Ryan still has some gas left in the tank. This is a guy that's I think maybe one of the under more underappreciated quarterbacks of the era, um, and it's because he doesn't have that Super Bowl ring, and we all know about you know what happened in that Super Bowl against the, uh, the Patriots. But I guess my question for you here is, what is the outlook with Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan this year? And, and are you expecting, if Julio Jones is gone, for this offense to really maybe look more like the offense we've seen when this team was having success you know, with Kyle Shanahan a few years back? Or, or is this an offense that might still be a work in progress based on the fact that you don't don't exactly know what you're going to get from an aging Matt Ryan, and you don't exactly know what you're getting from Mike Davis or from you know some of the other receivers on the roster if Julio Jones is gone. Yeah, I, I, it's a little bit of both. I think there's reasons to be very optimistic that Arthur Smith will be able to uh, enhance this offense. Um, obviously, I think that often optimism is somewhat mitigated if Julio Jones is not a, on the Falcons this upcoming season. You know, Julio, I've often said – on Lockdown Falcons and over the years that Julio is the sun, right? He All the gravity in the solar system revolves around him. He's the centerpiece of this offense. And we've never really seen the Falcons in the time span of Matt Ryan's 14 years in the NFL be a highly potent offense when they didn't have Julio Jones on the football field. In the early years prior to Julio Jones's arrival in, in 2011, when the Falcons' offense was at its best, it was primarily a run-first offense with Michael Turner sort of spearheading things, and then they sort of transitioned into more of a pass-first offense once they acquired Julio Jones, and we've seen that offense reach new heights. So I think there's reasons to be hopeful with, as you mentioned, what Arthur Smith was able to do with Ryan Tannehill, uh, who was not a particularly good quarterback in Miami, and then, as you say, went to Tennessee and started putting up numbers, you know, in a lot of ways, depending on what metrics you're looking at, is comparable to what Patrick Mahomes has yeah. done in certain metrics from an efficiency standpoint these last couple of years. So that gives you a lot of optimism that you're going to get improvement. But, you know, Julio Jones was a big part of that optimism because he has been that sort of centerpiece of this offense. And you know, even if Julio Jones is not the player that he was two, three years ago, he's still one of the best playmakers in the NFL. You know he's the guy that teams are going to sit there when they're game planning and say, we don't want this guy to beat us. We're going to do everything in our power to not allow this guy to beat us. And and that causes bracketed coverage and double teams and whatnot, and that creates one-on-ones for the playmakers that the Falcons have elsewhere with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst, et cetera. And that makes their jobs easier. And without Julio Jones doing that, as he has done, over the course of his entire career, 
you wonder whether or not those pieces on their own will be able to sort of carry that burden and give the Falcons a the potent offense that I think they're capable of. So I, I think there's reasons to think that the Falcons' offense will be much improved this year, but I think their ceiling is probably a little lower uh, if Julio Jones is not there. So tell me, as a fantasy owner, particularly a dynasty owner of multiple teams, that I I'm tr- I don't want to like say that I'm going all on in Mike Davis because I don't want any of the people in my leagues to be listening to the show and then try to poach him. But um, I really uh, uh, like I think it was one of the more under the radar, not enough talked about moves for the Falcons because. He was a player that, uh, listen, I, I, I'm not going to say that the Panthers didn't miss a beat when he came in for an injured Christian McCaffrey, but, I mean, the numbers are not that far off when he got the volume pass-catching and running numbers that he did in, in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. And I'm wondering what you think his outlook is this year on a team that really needed a more dynamic running attack. Todd Gurley just did not get it done last year. He looks burnt out and it's too bad he was one of my favorite players in the league and he just he looks spent um but I'm wondering what you think you know Mike Davis's outlook is in this offense this year considering they don't have a ton at that position shoot you know what hold on you know what man I just got a text message from one of my league they're listening damn it all right go ahead damn it um I, yeah, I think with Mike Davis last year, especially like that first month where he replaced Christian McCaffrey, you know that Panthers offense was really humming uh, without Christian McCaffrey. I think things by the end of the season may not have been as strong, and I think that's the one concern with Mike Davis is that you get these moments, but can he be that player that he was in that first month of of 2020, starting for the Panthers? Can he be that for a full 16 games? So I, I feel like. You're right in the sense of what Mike Davis can bring to the table and give the Falcons a little bit more of a dynamic runner that can bring that mix of power and, and you know, surprisingly elusive for a player uh, of his size and, and give them a little bit more juice in the running game. They're going to be much more committed to the outside zone running scheme than they have been the last couple of years, which I think has contributed somewhat to their rushing issues, but they do have some concerns on the offensive line. They have a fairly young offensive line trying to replace Alex Mack um, with some, you know, second-year players and possibly a rookie in their fourth-round pick this past year, Drew Dahlman. So there are some concerns, particularly on the interior of that offensive line. And so, you know, I think the benefit that you have with Mike Davis, again, going back to the Julio Jones conversation, is that you didn't need Mike Davis to have to necessarily be that rock and that foundation in the offense every single week because you knew the offense was going to be driven primarily through Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And now without Julio Jones there, the passing game is going to be primarily driven between Calvin Ridley and now Kyle Pitts, their number four overall selection this past year, is going to have to sort of hit the ground running um, you know, as a rookie tight end, which is not something that typically happens in this league. And then you're probably going to need a lot more consistency from Mike Davis. So I think the capability is there. It's just a question of, do you have the right pieces around Mike Davis before he could pick and choose his spots and you can get a 110-yard game here, a 90-yard game here, a 120-yard game here, and now you may need to have to get that more consistently week in and week out, and we just haven't seen it from Mike Davis. It's not that he's not capable right. of it, but we just have not seen it from him over the course you know, of his six, seven years that he's been in the NFL. All right, Aaron. Last thing I got before you, uh, before I let you go here is I feel like I gotta get I gotta get you on record. Um, 
Where do you think Julio ends up? I, I, I have I, I, I want to pay attention to some of the Vegas lines that I've been seeing and seeing that over the last couple of days the Rams have moved into second position. Um, I find that super interesting. I'm just not sure how the hell the Rams are going to figure out how to get that done. I, I just it, it would blow my mind if the Rams found a way to fit 15 million in that salary cap situation. They don't have any picks to send you. I'm, I'm just wondering how the hell the Rams are still being talked about as a team that this could potentially happen to. But I'm wondering. Where if if you were a betting man right now and you had to put a you know, hundred bucks on it, where do you think Julio is ended up playing football in twenty twenty one? Yeah, you know that seems like a classic Rams move. If Julio is available, they would definitely try to find a way to go get him. But as you say, how they can pull that off uh, this particular summer seems impossible. So with that being said, it feels like the the direction is pointing some way somehow to new England. I've heard various reports that say new England, the price tag, when you hear the recent reports about a first round pick is too rich for the, uh, a team like the Patriots. And and that probably is true. But at the same time, you know, you've heard connections that Julio wants to go to new England. You've heard, you know, instances that their team in the mix there, I'm sure your listenership is not necessarily Mm -hmm. enthusiastic (laughs) about uh, that idea of, of Julio Jones yeah. going to New England. But, you know, it, it seems like in terms of teams that have the money and the will to go get him, it seems like they're the team that makes the most sense. If I was to, you know, put a little side bet to hedge a little bit on it, I would probably say the 49ers just because mm. of the familiarity it kind of yep. in, has with them. They have a little bit of cap space, so they be might be able to make that move. But, um yeah, it's it's difficult. It's just difficult to sort of predict where Julio's going to wind up because, you know, in theory, all 32, and all 32, including the Falcons, should want Julio right. Jones on their roster. It's just a question of do does teams have the money and the will to, to pay the price to go get him right now. Aaron, thanks so much for making time on this long uh, holiday weekend, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to your content mo- moving through the season. And would love to have you back on again sometime in the future. Absolutely. You guys enjoy your weekend. You as well. Aaron Freeman there. He's the host of Locked On Falcons. You can follow him uh, on Twitter. Let me get you his uh, his information. It's F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S. So Falk fans on Twitter. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.